Please pray with me. Our Lord and our God, now as we hear your word, fill us with your spirit. Soften our hearts that we may delight in your presence. Sharpen our minds that we may discern your truth. Shape our wills that we may desire your ways. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So we're going to read Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. So thanks, uh, the word of the Lord, sorry. And our second lesson comes to us from Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. Amen. So when I was a little girl, my favorite person to spend time with was my grandmother. I was blessed because she lived right across the street. That meant I could run away from home to her house any day. I love doing anything with her. I have fond memories of cooking with her, of watching TV with her because she would let me watch things my mother would not let me watch, of fishing with her. But my all-time favorite thing to do with my grandmother was to lay in her lap and take my finger and lift my finger up to her face and trace the very large lines and wrinkles all over my grandmother's face. She had these deep, deep lines that went down the side of her face whenever she smiled or laughed. And when her eyes would open wide, deep, deep lines on her forehead. And always those wonderful lines all over her eyes. Her lines to me were unique. I've actually never met anyone since with lines and wrinkles like hers. 
They were precious to me and incredibly memorable. And once, when I was tracing those lines on her face, I actually asked her, what's this, Granny? What's this? And she just laughed and smiled and said, those are my character lines, honey. And I've worked real hard for every one of them. This week, as I considered the Apostle Paul's writing in Romans 5, the passage we just read, and as I reflected on what I know of Paul's life, the image of my granny and those wonderful character lines of hers, they kept coming to my mind again and again. I began to picture the Apostle Paul in those last days of his life in that small cramped room where he was under house arrest, the room where he wrote this letter to the Romans. I imagine him there praying and writing and thinking about his life, his crazy, turbulent, difficult life. And I began to picture Paul tracing his lines, his character lines. Lines not on his face, but lines etched in his very soul. Think about it, in our scripture passage this morning, Paul says with a smile, I boast in my sufferings. I boast in the sufferings of the early church. I sit here happy about it. I'm thankful for it, I'm grateful for it. Is Paul just sick in the head, advising us to go seek out suffering? I don't think so. No, instead I believe Paul is tracing the deep ruts and grooves that a difficult life lived with faith and integrity left on his soul and left on the soul of the church. Lines that make him special and unique and precious in God's sight. Lines that make the church precious and unique as well. If you know anything about Paul, you know that the lines on his soul all began on the road to Damascus. You can read about it in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. But I guarantee you every indention and furrow on Paul's soul starts there. On that road, Paul's life as a confident in-charge know-it-all ended, and his new life as a servant of Jesus Christ began. He met Christ, and it changed his life. It stopped him in his tracks. In fact, Acts tells us that like a newborn baby, he lied, had to lay helpless and blind for three days. Now, three days, that's plenty of time to think things through, right? And then a stranger named Ananias shows up. He shows up to lay hands on Paul, to fill Paul with the Holy Spirit, to restore his sight and strength. But Ananias had a message for Paul. Perhaps it's a message that you remember. He said, Paul, you know what the Lord told me about you? That you will suffer for his name. Yes, the character lines in Paul's soul started then and there. And at the end of his life, 
as he thought about the hostility he encountered from outside the church and from within. As he thought about the way Christ followers argued and tore apart the unity and peace of the church. As he considered how many times people he deeply cared for ignored the glory of the gospel. The pain and suffering of his 30-year ministry proved Ananias' prophetic words true. Yet there he is, at the end of his difficult life, writing the letter to the Romans, smiling, and in his mind's eye, tracing the deep lines, the character lines, that such suffering left on his soul. If you listen carefully in this fifth chapter, you can hear his voice. You can hear Paul say, ah, yes, here's the first line. It's the line of endurance. With all I've been through, the beatings, the imprisonments, being abused and misunderstood, with all that the early church has gone through, splits, arguments, betrayals, persecutions, God allowed us to endure helped us to endure, led us by the Holy Spirit so we would endure, and it's become a precious part of our lives, our legacy. This endurance line, it is worth boasting about. It's worth celebrating. It's worth honoring. If you listen, you can hear Paul's words. And then there is another line. It's the line of hope. Things never went quite as I expected, but I didn't lose heart, and I wouldn't let those around me lose heart. The promises of God were just too good, the mercies of God too great. God always made a way for us, always opened doors, always started fresh. Instead of losing heart, we allowed the Holy Spirit to refresh us, to energize us for the work ahead. This line of hope, it sustained us, it carried us. It never disappointed us. You can hear in Paul's words, of course, there's a third line. Maybe it's the most important of all, and that's the line of love. After a while, I came to understand nothing mattered quite as much as love. God's love endures all things, hopes all things, believes all things. It never fails. That love brought Jesus to us, allowed Jesus to die for us. That love was poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That love, says Paul, will sustain me to my last breath, and it will sustain the church until the end of time. That is a line on my soul, on the soul of every believer worth boasting about. Do you hear it? Do you hear Paul talking to us? He's at the end of his life, a life of trouble like you and I will never know. And yet he looks at the lines etched on his soul, and what does he see? Paul sees endurance. He sees hope. He sees love. That's it. Friends, I know that some of you come here having been a bit beat up by life this week. And if you weren't beat up by life, I know that someone you love, someone you know, is troubled. 
There's enough pain, there's enough suffering, distress in our world to make us shake our heads, back off, give up. I know that. But listen to the Apostle Paul. Learn from his life. He teaches us that whatever we go through, whatever happens to us or around us or among us, we are loved and we are not alone. We are loved, Paul says in Romans 5.8, the proof of which is Christ's death for sinners. We are loved and not alone, Paul says in Romans 5.5, because God's love pours the Holy Spirit into our lives, giving us a partner. And this partner makes or breaks the life of faith makes or breaks the outcome of trouble, makes or breaks our ability to inspire others and share the gospel. This partner, the Holy Spirit, can't be confined by our understanding, but Paul does point one undeniable way of the Spirit. The Spirit takes the stuff of our lives the stuff that happens, that hurts us, that wounds us, and then in holy mystery, etches not bitterness, not regret, not anger, not despair, but instead produces character lines of endurance and hope and love. These are lines that comfort and inspire, lines that we can give thanks for, lines that we can be proud of. Once when I was very little, laying on my granny's lap, tracing those lines on her face, I actually asked her, did they hurt granny? She smiled and she thought for a minute and then she said, not anymore, honey, not anymore. Now I was just a kid. I I didn't have a clue what she was talking about It was only much later when I was a grown-up and she had died and I began to hear stories about her life, stories of an abusive childhood, stories of a very, very difficult and challenging marriage. It was then that I learned of her resilience and her tenacity in loving and caring for her family through all kinds of circumstance. And slowly, I began to understand how my grandmother saw herself, how she saw those wonderful lines on her face. They were signs of a tough life well lived, of hardship overcome, signs of the overwhelming power of love. Her granddaughter could trace those lines and she could smile and enjoy it because those lines told a wonderful story of dedication and hope and love. I read once that we come into this world with fingerprints, but we leave this world with soul prints with the trials and hardships of life etched into our very souls and the work of the Holy Spirit etched into our souls as well. These soul prints are as unique and precious as we are and they matter. They matter to God, they matter to the kingdom. You see, our soul prints are meant to tell amazing stories of the grace of God.
They are meant to inspire others. They're meant to bring us joy. Friends, God's love poured out for us in Jesus Christ, poured out for us in the Holy Spirit, that love never stops working on us. Even now, the Spirit engraves on your soul what is needed. Even now, the Spirit engraves on the soul of this congregation exactly what is required for our future. So let us take heart, because any trouble we face, God carves into endurance. And those things we've endured, God shapes into character. And the character we gain, God etches into our soul with hope. Hope that lasts, hope that endures, hope that doesn't disappoint. It doesn't disappoint because our hope comes from our confidence in our Savior Jesus Christ, who died for us, who rose for us, and who, like no one else, showed us the depths, heights, and lengths of the love of God. Now that is something we're celebrating. That is something to boast about. That is something to have etched in our hearts and printed on our souls. Will you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit, come into our lives and etch your grace on our souls. Come and teach us, dance with us, show us the great love you poured out, which allows us to endure, which brings us to hope. May the soul print of our lives May the soul print of this church be worthy of that love. Amen.